Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for Bob Jane T-Mart's tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, I'm the uh, Jason Matthews part of the show. Sitting across from me today, Scott Sattler. Hello, mate. Today? Every week? Yeah, well, yeah. So some people might be tuning in for the first time because their friends have told them about this show and gone, <laughs> we've got to tune in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm great, Jason. Also, listeners, and uh, cannot wait for... Not only the Rugby League finals this weekend, but there's a uh, couple of other sports I'm really looking forward to. I think there's, I think there might be some good news, some, some surprise news from results for Australian sides this weekend. Really? Yeah. You, you, you're alluding to the Bledisloe. Absolutely. You reckon? I just I feel something building, Jace. I don't know what it is. I, I think the Australian, the internal Super Rugby competition that we had in, in ourselves, the Super Rugby AU, I thought, yeah. I think it is... Done, is going to do wonders for our game. Did you watch much of the New Zealand comp, though? I do, I, and I watch a lot of the NPC competition, which is their second-tier comp as well, and it is always of a, mm. of a high level. But sometimes, if you don't know what's going on, you don't fear it. Mm. And by playing our own internal competition, going over, I feel as though there are, there are going to be some debutants. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's. I think we're getting the All Blacks that are you change a coach. There's been a changeover of players. COVID, COVID, like that's just... You know what? It's a really valid point because you're not having these players who are playing for the Waratahs or the Reds or the Brumbies or the, or the Rebels who are being flogged week, week in, Crusaders, week Crusaders, Chiefs, all of them. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Mm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The bookies are giving the Wallabies zero chance. Yeah, you'd expect that. Yeah. You'd expect that. And they, and they probably deserve it as well based on um, results over, over recent years. But in saying that, I, I, I like what I... See of Dave Rennie, the the new coach. Yeah, he's got great intel in relation to yep. Ian Foster, the new All Blacks coach, and and also the players as well for the All Blacks. He had to change the culture there though at the Wallabies, and I, again, again, this is off the bench NRL, but we're talking about the big letters. Like, he's got to change the culture because there there is uh, there has been a lot of boys in that team who don't want to work hard and hate being told what to do. And again, it happens with a lot of players and a lot of codes at the moment. Don't like that aggressive approach. So if you can handle those players really well and get the best out of them, I think the Wallabies, Wallabies have still got uh, a lot ahead of them. So mm. uh, Week two of the NRL finals. Uh, massive, absolutely massive. Uh, great matchups uh, happening as well. Uh, and plus, there has been so much NRL news this week. Let's get to it. Time on Off the Bench to look back on the news of the week. Yeah, there's some news around at the moment, and I'm, I'm not doing this because I'm such a big South supporter, but <laughs> I, there's a lot of South news. Um, Wayne Bennett has come out and said that they're not interested in Josh Adokar, and I reckon that's got a lot to do with the fact that Melbourne aren't giving him away for nothing. Well, we always knew that if Melbourne are going to release Josh Adokar, they want a like-for-like. Like. Yeah. Replacement now, Jimmy the Jet. You got to be take him. Well, you've got to be realistic. Yeah, you you don't want him at South. Do you? Who's going to want him? Yeah, I think there, there'll be a club that would want him. Absolutely. Um, but with Melbourne Storm letting go, Josh Adokar, you got to be realistic. There is not going to be a like for like player for Josh Adokar because he is the best winger in the competition. So you're probably going to take two players. Yeah. From a from a monetary point of view and from a depth point of view, you're going to take a a player that is that gives good service to his club as a good finisher, like Adokar, and then another good young player that he can develop as well. At Souths, I'm thinking if Souths don't want Josh Adokar, it's from Wayne Bennett's point of view, 
he's protecting his players. He thinks he's got a really happy playing group. He doesn't want to disrupt that at all. Yeah. He doesn't want to feel as though that if he sends player or players to the Melbourne Storm that they're going to be just off cuts. I don't think he wants to do that to players. Yeah, no, fair call. I see they're no longer interested in Suwali either. Well, you talk about depth. He is going to be one of their players that they want to try and uh, build the club around in the next three, four, five years. Now, uh, Joseph Suwali's manager has apparently come back with some unrealistic terms. Crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing some of the demands are that uh, there's a get-out clause every year. It wants a five-year contract, yep. but his player can walk away at after the second year. Every year can can lead the club. What club is going to pay a player a million dollars a year? Especially when they're that? coming from a rugby union school. It's not proven. And a World Cup is yeah. only a couple of years down the yeah, track. Yeah, that's you know, right. And that's why South have, you know, they're flexing their muscle, they're saying, and so they should. And I think a lot of clubs would would also um, make the same call. It's a, it's a big risk signing any outstanding junior rugby league player to five years. It's it's a huge risk signing any player to a five-year deal, especially one that's on untried uh, against open age groups. So, so Sousa put a line through him. Who, 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 well, Roosters, Roosters have how? apparently come into the mix. How? Where are they going to get the money from? Well, they'll get him. They'll, they, they'll, they'll get him if they want him. And they'll fit him under the salary cap if they, oh, if they the want to as well. No. Yeah, the thing about the club like the, the Roosters is that a lot of players want to play there for less money. Your large core group players play there for less money because they're not going to play finals, or and there's a chance that they'll play representative footy as well. This kid's not going to play for under a million. Dude, Suwali, yeah, a year. What's what's his deal worth? Suwali's. Six, oh, sorry, six hundred was it? A year. Yeah, I don't know what the deal's worth. I don't know what the deal's worth, but it was a it was a multi million dollar deal to get him away from rugby. Well, over five years. I mean, of course, it's going to be in the millions when it's five years. It could only be two fifty a year, and it's still a million dollar. Oh no, I can work that out. So, well, actually, yeah, it'd be one point two five actually. <laughs> so with Suwali, I mean, they're not they're not silly. The recruitment officers and the general managers of footy aren't. They're not silly. They they know if you're going to sign someone to a long long ended deal, um, that'll be tiered. Obviously, he won't be earning much early on, but he'd be earning big money at the end of it. But but the Roosters wouldn't give him that get out clause. That's the big issue. It's not the money. It's that. He can walk away from the club. Mm. I think first two years is locked in, isn't it? And I think three, four, and five, if he doesn't want to uh, commit to those years, he can walk away. It could work for the club. But why? You made the great 2023 as a rugby walk-up. Yeah, it could work for the club because after two years, he may not be... He may not be the shining light that you that everyone anticipated he was going to be. I See, we're starting to see clubs do this now. We're starting to see contracts in their favour. So the clubs are going... We'll give you a three-year contract, two committed. The third one, we will decide whether we want to retain you. I reckon that is the better way to do it. Well, it's the way it always used to happen. Um, clubs that feel as though they're in a really strong negotiating position and they're comfortable with where they sit, they're the ones that will offer the, the option in their favour. Well, Bennett, uh, sorry, Broncos have just done it with uh, Kevy. Yeah, exactly, in their favour. Yeah. So they have to control the, the negotiation process. You'll find that clubs that, Give the player the option. I feel as though sometimes it's a cry for de- it's a, it's a desperate, desperate cry. And yeah. uh, the Broncos have done that with Andrew McCulloch. He can go back to Brisbane next year with a with a torn ruptured Achilles, and spend half the season on the sideline and still be paid. And the Titans did it too because they found it hard to lure people to the club, so they had to do that. Um, South CEO is standing by Sam Burgess amid the allegations that are, are out there at the moment. 
He's been appointed the coach of the SG Ball team for next year. Mm. Well, I mean... Now, it, it, sorry, mm. I didn't mean to cut you. it's a case of innocent till proven guilty. These are just allegations at this they stage. They are. They are allegations. They're serious it? allegations. Very serious allegations. And I, I mentioned to you during the week, Jace, that when you read the allegations, they are gut-wrenching, if true. Now, you have to probably slice a lot of the allegations and put them around, put them in their own pigeonhole for now. Uh, the domestic violence allegations, they need to be handled separately. They're so sensitive mm. that no one really wants to delve any deeper into those until more evidence is obviously brought forward. No charges have ever been laid against Sam when it comes to domestic violence charges. So we've got to remember that. Then you've got the AVO, which is the intimidation, intimidation of his ex-wife Phoebe's father. That's being handled in Mossvale Court. And it was during the week. Sam didn't appear. He had someone appear on his, his behalf. Then you've got all these other allegations that sit in another pigeonhole, which are around illegal drug use, uh, clandestine drug testing um, locations and mm. um, the fraudulent activity, uh, misappropriation of use of prescribed drugs. Uh, the club doctor has been put into, into question as well. So there's so much involved. Now, again, I, I want to push the domestic violence up there and leave it there by itself because it needs to be treated sensitively by itself. All the other allegations are pure, are purely to drag the reputation of Sam down for now, and the core root of it is child custody. And unfortunately, their two children are going to be dragged through this for many, many years, whether it be hatred between the parents and the parties or the, or the information that they're going to be able to search for in this age of technology, for the rest of their lives. Mm. So unfortunately, this is so going to be hooked, on Google, this is it? going to be hooked to the children. Yeah. For as long as their parents are going to be standing at ten paces and staring each other in the eyes. Now we don't know where they're going to be three, four, five years down the track. You know, Sam and his his ex wife Phoebe, they may have a really good amicable relationship. Let's hope so. And let's hope so for the sake yeah. of these children, because if yeah. not. It's the only people that's going to affect other children because the adults are the ones that can yeah. can handle it emotionally at the moment. Ben Cummins um, was harassed badly after last year's grand final. He copped it from everywhere. Um, and he's coming out well, saying come, he had to pull kids out of school. Well, it comes with the move. territory, unfor- unfortunately. Well, it's I'm not, not acceptable. No, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right, Jace, but... When you decide that you're going to become a referee, you know you are going to be public enemy number one. So first and foremost, you've got to put the the battle armour on and you've got to be willing to take as many shots as you possibly can. And then you make a decision about whether you're strong enough to, to yeah, continue on. It shouldn't happen to family. Like, he shouldn't have to put – but he shouldn't, mate. You, no, you're just talking about the Burgess no, kids here, right? I'm, no, I'm, so, but, I'm agreeing with yeah, you. I it know. shouldn't happen, but guess what? Yeah, we but, live in an age, we live in a world where, yeah, where it happens and we're never going to get rid of it on a majority scale, we're slowly we're slowly making the right advances forward to to stamp out any form of bullying or harassment. It's slowly no, no it's um, mate. It's, it's happening an, to my kids at school well, at the no, moment. It's I'm, not happening. It's slowly, and I'm saying slowly, well, too slow. It might be at turtle pace, yeah, but at least it's heading in the right direction. But it is always still going to be in our environments. Actually, it's a very good story on sixty minutes. Uh, this Sunday night with Aaron Mullen yep. and also Anthony Seabold about cyberbullying. But 
Um, the fact that yeah, my advice it, to Aaron would be to get off social oh, absolutely. media. Absolutely. You know what? I got off. I got off Facebook about a month ago. I can't believe how much time I've got left in the day now. And if it wasn't for you, because you're on Twitter like a fourteen-year-old girl, you're always on social well, media. Well, that's a lie. And if it wasn't for you sending me just weird stuff. Um, I wouldn't be on social media at all. Now, listen. No, but with Ben Cummins. Is I this mean, the reason he's been rested this week from this game, do you reckon? Because I reckon he's still the best ref in the game. Do you? No. I don't want to use the word best referee. Well, he's got to be up there. I think the form referee, because I think they're all very good. I really do. And mm. it's a difficult job. I mean, yeah. there's no way in the world I could even fathom taking a role of, of that nature on. Um I think the oh, you'd love it. You'd I, be a great ref because you're a stickler for rules. I, th- I think the referee in form, not the best referee in form, is Grant Atkins. Yeah. Uh, I think Chicken Legs Chicken is also always. I think he's always in fir- in fir- on form. I think the way that he speaks to the players is respectful, but also with a sense of authority. Um, Ben Cummins, I think, has been scarred from last year, and I think it has affected his performances. I reckon they've kept him deliberately away from this game. And I think this it's weekend. smart to do. Yeah, that. I think so. Yeah. Do you reckon he'll get a crack at a prelim? Because you no, would... he'll be the grand final referee. You reckon he'll be the grand Ben? Yeah, I think it'll be either he or Sutton will be the grand final. So referee. do you reckon though he will get a prelim? He can't have two weeks off before. No, no, the grand he'll get final. It. no. It'll be a prelim. Okay, yeah. so th- it'll be between. So you reckon Sutton will be one prelim ref and Cummins the other? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And. Cool. Like any team picking their players, they'll judge, I think, the grand final referee based on that performance. Rightio. It's that time for an off-the-bench Friday night preview. Oh, looking forward to this. I think I said to you yesterday in the office, um, I, re- I missed Thursday night football. I just loved. I just loved having three, four nights off from footy, and now all of a sudden, it's like nearly a week we got to wait. You know, just a Friday and Saturday game. But let's let's get into it. The Roosters taking on the Raiders uh, tonight uh, at the SCG. Um, last time they met at the SCG Sats, the Raiders were four point winners. So a lot of teams struggle on the SCG because of the layout of, of how the ground is. And apparently it can interrupt with your kicking game it and all is, that. Yeah. So doesn't seem to be a problem with the Raiders. Um, first of all, though, before I get your tips and matchups and all that sort of stuff, let's talk about the feud between Robbo and Ricky. Yeah. What is that? Where did that come from? Now, from, from reports, it's about three or four seasons ago, Trent Robinson, from all reports, and I, I can't remember it, Fight a little bit of a shot over the bow at Ricky and their recruitment and how he should worry about his team and don't worry about anyone else. And it was an off-the-cuff comment, and you know Ricky. I know Ricky. Not as good as our good mate Gary Belcher, but you know, I, I, I love Ricky Stewart. I would have loved to have been coached by Ricky Stewart. I, just, I love Very everything about man. him. Very passionate. But he's, he's, he's big on hard work and good work ethic, and I, I really like it. He cares for his players. But we, you just know that he's a typical little cheeky, angry halfback. And if you said you say anything that questions his integrity or or him as a man, whatever it may be, you're going to get both barrels. So for more, you know, actually, you just have to look at the body language. Oh. Ricky didn't have to give him both, uh, both barrels. But last year at the at the grand final, the last time that you got the teams on the Friday before the grand final on Sunday, everyone meets in Martin Place, both teams, both grand final squads. And both coaches got a photo alongside the the Proven Summons trophy. Yeah. 
no shaking hands, didn't even look at each other. As soon as the photos were finished, Ricky just just walked off. There was definite tension between both these coaches. So um, I think it, it seems as though that Ricky's got the memory of an elephant and he gets his opportunity to try and get one back on Trent Robinson and, and stop their uh, stop their drive towards the third premiership. I remember I used to go to the press conferences in, uh, uh, in Canberra after the games and you talk to the media manager and go, yes, no, nah, not today. Don't ask. Just, and the poor bloke from the Canberra Times would be going, right, Rick, blah, blah, bang, bang. Then we're all sitting there going, good day. Yeah. You, just, you just knew when not to to, to test Ricky. Um, Raiders were nervous against Cronulla last week, and you were saying to me uh, over some sushi that teams actually in the first week of the finals do get nervous. Yeah, they do. It doesn't matter whether you've played 200 games or you've played two games. It's just finals footy just it creates a different beast within your body. And you do, you, you get nervous, you don't want to be the player that's that's going to be, that's going to disrupt your team's flow, make a mistake that's going to cost your team and put you in a vulnerable situation. And I saw that last weekend with a lot of teams. The teams that have been travelling beautifully, smoothly, Penrith, um, you know, Raiders to an extent, um, you know, the Melbourne Storm. Because they are, there's so much at stake. Even though they're going to get two bites of the cherry in the top four, Melbourne and, and Penrith, for example, there's so much at stake. So you tiptoe into the final and you make sure you get into your right rhythm and your right routine. But before you know it, the team that is running with adrenaline, your Parramatta's, your, your Roosters, uh, the Sharks, Newcastle, you know, they're, they're running on adrenaline, but they can't sustain it and have haven't had the ability to sustain it for long periods throughout the back half of the season. I guess the only exception to that was the Roosters because they came back. Or did you think the do you think the Panthers just put the the cue on the rack? No, they didn't put the cue on the rack. What happened is they, I thought the Panthers because they were nervous, and I think it, I think it surprised them how quickly the Roosters came out out of the tunnel and just just got stuck into yeah, yeah. Got, got in their face and. And came at them with with the amount of aggression they did. Now, you can never use the excuse that we got ambushed because you're getting ready for a yeah. final. You the, you can't be ambushed. So, but I think it surprised them how much fury they came out with. But then they composed themselves, and then they got themselves back into the game. Um, and the Melbourne Storm were the same. Experience just took over with Melbourne. Experience just took over, and then all of a sudden they just they said, "Right, here, let's flick the switch. Yeah, let's right. go. Are you willing to go with us?" Yeah. So that was the difference. And the Roosters, the reason they got back into the game was through experience. Yep. They said, right here, let's get back to what we know. So this game between the Roosters and the Raiders, uh, interesting one. I'm going to pick the Roosters because Jake Friend's back. They're big in. Sonny Bill Williams has got a huge influence on that side in the dressing shed. You're sitting there, you're looking across, you see a goal like that sitting across from you. You feel a little bit better about your position in the team and, and what you can contribute. All right. Uh, key matchup is obviously Kiri versus White. Yeah, and also Papali versus Jared Warrior Hargraves. Oh, that'll Massive be a one. huge Massive. matchup. All righty, uh, more to come on Off the Bench shortly. Bob Jane T-Marts, buy three, get one free on selected performance tyres from Bridgestone and Yokohama, bobjane.com.au. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Marts, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. 
Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Bryden's Lawyers, we take a journey through greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Tamworth is Australia's birthplace of country music and home to Bryden's Lawyers and origin player Tom Leroy Lars. He debuted with the Broncos in 2004 before moving to the Canberra Raiders. It was there Leroy Lars reached his peak form and was rewarded with an origin call-up in 2009 and 2010, playing four games for New South Wales. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1800 848 848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. All right, welcome to Off The Bench. You've got uh, Jason Matthews here and also Scotty Sattler. So, Sats, um, today, or this weekend, sorry, you've got uh, the Panthers and you've also got the Storm taking a week off in the finals. Yep. Does that does that disrupt a team? Does it make it harder for a team? Um, how do players spend that week off? Well, it's interesting you say that, Jace, because I think – it depends on the age and the experience and also the direction from your coach. I think Melbourne would really enjoy the week off. We've got a few older players that have played 180, 200, 250, some won 400 games. Mm, mm. They'd like the week off because, one, you just get you get one week off to not get contact, to not have to yeah. make 30, 35 tackles a game and 15 or 20 hit-ups and kick chase and all They'll be training hard, and from all reports, the Melbourne Storm got absolutely smashed this week in in when it comes to fitness and their and in the gym. And so, Craig Bellamy is sending them a message to say, even though you got the weekend off, we're yeah. going to train you really hard, yeah, and they right. need to because yeah, they yeah. rested a heap of players in round twenty, and they started the first final, first week of the finals, the qualifying finals. They they started that off that game against Parramatta off really really slow. So, isn't it interesting the the, the the teams that did rest players in round 20 did start slow. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Raiders. Been, there's nerves and also players that are just – and you think, oh, it's only one week. You, you don't yeah. lose much over one week. But you you do miss that point-on-point aggression. Yeah, right. Yeah, nose in the front of another defender and, and putting your head into a position you don't really want to put it. But Melbourne, I think, will enjoy the weekend off. Well, they're on the Sunshine Coast. They're yeah. at a resort. But what you get to do – with the week off, is you get to fine-tune your game. Just little tiny areas that you think you've, you need to tidy up on. And that comes back to your coaching as well. Guys, I know it's the week weekend off, but it yeah. doesn't mean you've got the whole week off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're not going on holiday. We've got to fine-tune everything. Well, yeah, Pen- yeah. Penrith Panthers, completely different. Well, it's interesting because one, one are together at a resort with family and kids and all that which sort of great. stuff. Which is fantastic, mm. right? And a different environment. They're in... You know, enjoying 30-degree temperatures around a pool and they've got a resort to themselves. Penrith, how different is it with you at home? What do you do at home this weekend? Well, Penrith is And like, they're in a hub as well. Penrith itself is like a resort anyway, the whole yeah. the whole town. It's like a resort. I love Penrith. Don't you dare what, look at me like that. What do you mean? Like what, what, a good resort or a, like a, a two-star resort? Good, don't you, see... You've put down Tamworth. Now you're putting I did down not, my second favourite place No, no, of all I time. didn't put down Tamworth. So with the Penrith Panthers, it's completely different because they've got a young playing group and they want to keep rolling on. They want to keep playing. They're so enthusiastic. They're full of, full of adrenaline. And all of a sudden, 
we've got to sit around and watch other teams play. What do we do? What do we do with our nervous energy? They'd be bored, wouldn't they? Well, because they're still in their they, hub. Well, they've got PlayStation, I suppose. Oh, These young kids. And- so it's going to be interesting, uh, Jace. I think um, how both those sides that finished first and second, how they handle that the week off, but most importantly, how they start next Friday and Saturday night against uh, both their combatants. So um, I think the Melbourne Storm will handle the week easier than Penrith. Ivan Cleary can give them as many instructions as possible, but it's when those young players leave Penrith, Penrith training facility and what they're doing at home and how they're relaxing, what are they doing with their spare time. That's going to be the biggest battle for Ivan Cleary and his staff as opposed to Craig Bellamy having his team, like you're talking about. Next to him. They're in a hub. Yeah. They're playing table tennis. They're going yeah. down the beach. They're doing everything together. Yeah. You can actually monitor their behaviours. They'd be eating together as well. But the thing about yeah. it, Bellamy don't, won't panic. Neither will Ivan, but Bellamy's been here so many times before. He won't panic. He won't try and overcomplicate things. Some of the great coaches... Jace, it's funnily enough, is that they have been such great coaches. And I'll use two examples. Warren Ryan, Brian Smith, great coaches. You talk to their players, they're the best coaches they've ever had. Wow. But when they get to the the biggest moments of their life, and Warren Ryan won premierships, you've got to remember that. But when they get to the biggest moments of their life, they lose their mojo. They change everything. Uh. And it disrupts your preparation. Yeah. So it's how both coaches are going to handle the next the next week and a half when you have the weekend off and how they control the emotions of their players over this week and the weekend as well. All righty. This is uh, Off the Bench. Thanks to our great mates at Bob Jane Teammates. When we come back, we have got a great chat that you and Badge had earlier in the week with Tamworth Great, the man who's coaching the under-14s and the under-18s there, including his own son. Uh, Tom Leroy Lars. He joins us next on Off the Bench. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane Teamarts, tyre and wheel specialists. We'll be back shortly. Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Brighton's Lawyers, we take a journey through Greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Tamworth is Australia's birthplace of country music and home to Brighton's Lawyers and origin player Tom Leroy Lars. He debuted with the Broncos in 2004 before moving to the Canberra Raiders. It was there Leroy Lars reached his peak form and was rewarded with an origin call-up in 2009 and 2010, playing four games for New South Wales. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1-800-848-848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. Former Bronco and, uh, and Raider as well is on the line, all the way from Tamworth. G'day, Tom, how are you? Hey, Badge, Sats, how you going? Really we're, well. We're good, mate. Really well. We're good. What are, what are you up to these days? Uh, where are you? You're, you're still involved with footy? Yeah, mate. Yeah, so still involved with footy. I'm, um, you know, like on a just as a coaching uh, on a coaching level. Just um, yeah, just a little junior coaching around here um, in Tamworth, and then obviously, um, you know, like my my kids are pretty heavily involved in rugby league in the town too. So I've sort of been able to coach a few of the sides they've been involved in as well. So it's been good. Good enough shape to run around. Oh, not really. No, no, I wouldn't say good enough shape to run around. I do have those moments, though, where I, um, <laughs> particularly if you're going to watch the footy or the footy, you know, if it's a good game on television or whatever, you, 
you often think, that, oh, yeah, geez, I'd like to still go and have a run around. But, um, yeah, pretty quickly reminded, mate, the minute you try and do something a little bit sort of overzealous or a little bit tough, you get reminded pretty quick of the reason why you why you had retired in the first yeah. place. So, um, mate, but, yeah, like I said, I, I still try and, like, maintain a decent level of fitness but yeah sometimes your head does play tricks on you mate <laughs> does now you you yeah. grew up in tamworth tommy of course and played did you play for the north tamworth bears growing up as a kid i did mate at one stage yeah i played um i played when i first come to tamworth actually when i moved down from north queensland um we um the first club i played for was north tamworth and then yeah i played for uh pill valley bulldogs at the time and then then we went, we went to farrah we played for farrah college there so um, but yeah, I started at North, so it's been good to sort of do a big full circle, I guess. And I, I ended up playing a few games from when I first came home, and then and now heavily involved with the coaching there. So it's been good. How did you find the local players? Were they were they kind to you, or did they, they try and take a scalp? Uh, mate, I think yeah, in the games that I played, because I, I sort of didn't play most of the regular season. I sort of played the last couple of games of the year, and. I think there's a few blokes out there trying to take a scalp, really, but that was all right. I sort of expected that, mate. I um, I knew that I knew that was coming, so it was all good. It was just a bit of, uh, bit of, bit of, you know, just cheap stuff at times. But you know, like it was most of all, it was, it was pretty, you know, just good hard on the football. But there was a bit of stuff there that was probably a little bit out of line. But I mean, that's forty, isn't it? You, know, you sort of just take them sort of days as they come along, and we won the game. So at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Elbows up. It's all about elbows up, isn't it, Tommy? Now, most obvious question for someone who grew up in Tamworth, are you a country music fan? Massive country music fan, yeah. Who's your favourite? Yeah. Who's your go-to? Um, look, I, I sort of like, um, you know, I like a lot of uh, sort of American country music, to be honest with you. Um, I don't I don't dislike Australian country music. I actually quite like it, but I just, if my, my main um, sort of guys are like your Tim McGraw, big fan of Alan Jackson, Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so actually went to, uh, me and Brett White, Whitey got me tickets. Um, we went to Alan Jackson when he was in Australia um, last <laughs> time. It was really, really good. So, and we saw Steve Simpson there too. And, and, and um, the other fellow that was there that surprised me was um, Big Jamal Idris. He was um, he's about four or five seats in front of us and he kept standing up and Everyone was telling him to sit down because he was just as like a solar eclipse. He blocked out all the view from the back. We're going, who is this bloke? Who is this bloke? I'm going, we get crook, down crook too. And then all you turn around, we realised who it was. But yeah, oh, very was good. good very good. Now, you've played plenty of footy with the, uh, with the Broncos and, uh, well, a lot more at the Raiders. Um, but we're talking about uh, origin, um, your state of origin debut in 2009. What are your memories of that? Oh, look, yeah. It was... Um, for me, you know, it was obviously, you know, like I struggled for a lot of periods for the for the start of my career. So um, prior to two thousand and nine, I nearly I nearly retired with a chronic knee injury. So mm. um, I was really, you know, I was one of those moments where, you know, because I'd nearly given the game away. I, you know, it was one of those moments where you're just ultra thankful, I suppose, that you um, that you're you're able to hang in, and, and you know, I didn't throw the towel in when, when I was thinking about it, and. Um, so that was a, that was a dream come true, obviously, and uh, the game. And I'm sure you know you'd know yourself. The game was over in a blink of an eye. Like it just seemed like everything happened so fast, and, and you know, before you knew it, you're in the sheds at half time, and then next thing you know, it's the end of the game, and you're wondering where the whole game went. But um, yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, it was something I'll never forget. Um, you know, the little snippets of it that I can remember and throughout the course of the game it was unreal. 
Yeah, my, look, my memories are around just chasing the ball all over the place and being super, super fast. And but, but as a front rower, it's got to be different. And I can't, I can't relate to what you guys put yourselves through. What, what, what was that like at the at the the elite level, trying to match it with the uh, you know the best in the land? Oh, it was yeah, it was it was interesting. Like at the time too, and that was like obviously when Queensland were just you know, there's such a formidable sort of a force there in their four Pet- Petro and Pricey, I think. Petro and Pricey up front, were they? Yeah, Pet and Pricey were up front. And then, um, you know, and then they just they just had this, um, yeah, they just had that side. They had the side, you know, the, the core nucleus of that side had just been so successful so, for so long. And, um, you know, obviously them guys there, um, semi side and uh, and the other guys that was just off the back of these big guys, you know, like um, you know Pricey and Petro, and um, you know it was just they just gelled really well, and obviously they played a lot of club football with each other, a lot of these guys, and played a lot of rep football with each other, and they just had a real you know good harmony going within their team, and um, yeah, it was a great challenge for a young front row. Like I was really excited about it, but certainly like you just said, then I found myself chasing the footy all over the park and. <laughs> probably over-chasing in, in defence and, and doing little things that you probably know better than, but you're just so keen to make an impression. And mm. It's um awesome, awesome experience, yeah. Now, you're giving back to, to grassroots footy and you're coaching uh, 14s and 18s, and out of all those coaches, have you have you taken some of their methods on as a coach yourself and used them when you're coaching, especially in those older age groups around the 18s? Yeah, probably try to, and, and that's a, probably the thing I found that I wanted to do was I wanted to give boys a bit more of a springboard or a bit more of a sounding, oh, like I guess than when they if they were to pursue a game like you know at a higher level. Um, you know, I think sometimes in the bush, uh, obviously the calibre of kids is just as good as as anywhere in the city. It's just um, the systems that they're exposed to uh, at times probably you know aren't, might not be as thorough. Um, and, and then obviously the competition as well. There's not as many kids playing rugby league just through sheer, I suppose, population. But um, yeah, I just wanted to try and make sure that you know, giving kids as much of a, a rugby league grounding as I possibly could, and, and give them every chance to, if they don't want to go and play in the NRL, but just play as good a football as they can in the bush or whatever their goals are, just to try and give them um, as much information as I can that's going to help them do that. And probably the, the coach. Like I said, take nothing away from the coaches I've had, but the coach that probably uh, I took a lot away from just from my time in Origin and, and my short period of time at the end of my career at Melbourne was um, was, was Craig, you know, just the way he went about it and um, how thorough he was and some of the messages he gave. Uh, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, in, in some senses, the way he coached was probably the simplest out of all the coaches I've had, but it was just, um, you know, it was very, very deliberate, very precise um, and very clear. So I just try and use a lot of, the messages I got from him, I guess. Mm. So, from your experience, Tommy, what's what is the footy like in the in the bush, in and around Tamworth and the districts? Uh, Schoolboy footy and and club footy, it's still um, you know as good or, or better than when you were running around. I think we've. I think you know what we have done is like we've definitely lost some of the numbers that we used to have, and it's probably because there's more there's more sports available now. Like we knew, yeah. we didn't have. We didn't have as many sports to choose from when I was a kid growing up in Tamworth, and um, now there's just a plethora of just different sports you can choose, you know. And soccer's really big, and AFL's taking off, and rugby's always been pretty consistent, and um, and hockey's a big a sport in town as well. So what you got is your kids, uh, their attention's so heavily heavily divided, I guess. So um, yeah, so the competition for for those those players is hard. Um, so as a result, I reckon we've 
our numbers have fallen off a tad. Um, but having said that, you still get your rusted on rugby league families that will never leave the game, and and, and they're pretty divided. And, mm. and you've got a lot of passionate people in town that you know are driving it. So it's just pretty good. Like, like I said, mate, all my kids play rugby league in town, even my daughter. So. We still love it, and there's still a lot of families around here that love footy, and, and the kids have always got a game on the weekends to go and play. So it's, I'd say that whilst it's probably not as strong as it may have been once, I think it's it, um, it's coming along, and then you've got the right people fighting the fight too. So I'm sure at some stage it'll it'll you know get better and better, and it'll keep improving. This is Off the Bench for Bob Jane T-Mart's Tire and Wheel Specialists. We'll be back shortly. Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Bryden's Lawyers, we take a journey through greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Tamworth is Australia's birthplace of country music and home to Bryden's Lawyers and origin player Tom Leroy Lars. He debuted with the Broncos in 2004 before moving to the Canberra Raiders. It was there Leroy Lars reached his peak form and was rewarded with an origin call-up in 2009 and 2010, playing four games for New South Wales. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1800 848 848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane t Tire and Wheel Specialists. Yeah, welcome back to uh, Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and I'm Jason Matthews. Uh, Saturday night, tonight... Saturday night game. Eels, Rabbitohs. Who do you like? Rabbits. Yeah, they should Rabbits. be all right. My biggest concern is the Eels, their ability to to get in the trenches and play for long periods of time without having to score tries. Yeah. Where I think South feel comfortable doing that. And then they've got the ability to say, right, we're, we're going to turn the afterburners on. We're going to put 14 or 20 on you in a short period of time. I'm nervous. I, I mean, I should be. It's the finals. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, mind you, I was nervous against Newcastle as well. I can't wait. This is going to be a ripper of a game. Eels and Rabbitohs. So that means it, who the winner of that game will play Panthers. Panthers. Oh, Saturday God. week at at ANZ Stadium. Oh my God, what a game that will be! Mm. Radio. Before we go, who gets a mention in our off the bench performance of the week? All right, who do you got? Sats? Mo Salah, Liverpool superstar, sharpshooter. So during the week, uh, where the listeners haven't uh, haven't read this, it's a great story. Where this is a guy that earns two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a week. He's uh, driving home from training, pulls into a service station, gets some petrol, goes in and pays for it. On the way out, he runs into a guy who's being hassled by a couple of Liverpool locals. He tells the Liverpool locals to, in no uncertain terms, better bet it straight away, get out of the area. Yep. 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 Before he calls the authorities, and realizes the man that they were they were picking on and abusing and. Uh, and assaulting was a, a homeless guy, fifty-year-old homeless guy that uh, Liverpool local, and so Mo Salah sat with him, chatted to him, and then gave him a hundred pound as well, just to to make him feel good as well. So, That's nice. Great performance of the week by Mo Salah. They could have given him a bit more money, two hundred fifty thousand a week, or yeah, or move him into his house. Like that would have been more helpful. Or built him a house. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, so it's not really good performance of the weekend, <laughs> is it? Uh, mine, mine was this. Yeah! Gone. Molyneux. Bowles Huddleston. New Zealand are bundled out for 93. And this extraordinary women's team 
get 21 wins in succession in the ODI format to equal Ricky Ponding's team. Yeah, well done to the Australian women's cricket team. Uh, their ODI record, 21 in a row. May get the chance to break Ricky Ponding's rec team's record uh, February, March next year when they'll hopefully go to New Zealand to play uh, the women's. I think that when they call the the, the I forget what they call the women's cricket team, the New Zealand cricket team, not the Tall Blacks. No, that's the basketball team. <laughs> that's right. Mm. That's right. I forget what it is. Not the, the Ferns. All, the All Whites. I don't know. I can't remember. I actually can't remember. Damn, I, I've got to look that up. All right, we're gonna go. This has been off the bench for Bob Jane T Mart's tire and wheel specialist Sats. We'll do it again next week. See ya.